That's plain nuts. Nutsville was a pleasant, safe place to live. The residents of the small town were mostly friendly, middle-class folks who went about their daily routines in a manner similar with that of people in any town USA. And like parents everywhere, Nutsville parents loved their children dearly, and they were determined to protect their kids from all matters of harm, real and perceived. Nutsville's geographic and social center was a small park that sat directly west of City Hall. And the heart of that small park was its one gigantic, centuries-old oak tree. That ancient tree provided expansive shade for park gatherers in the summer. And one could observe on any given day scores of local adults and children enjoying the security of that tree. And its position adjacent to the play area made it appear as if it was placed there by the hands of God to safely watch over the laughing, frolicking children. Indeed, the oak tree was a godsend for generations of nutsville children. The kids would gather acorns and leaves that had dropped from the tree and arrange them in all sorts of artistic patterns. They spent countless hours enjoying chirping squirrels scampering up and down the tree. Some of the children, the more brave and adventurous ones, could often be seen climbing up on the larger branches and pretending to be pirates or spies or other characters their imagination might create. And there were the fairy houses, which brought the children such great joy. Sometime in the past, no one could remember exactly when, someone had painted fairy house doors on the lower branches of the oak tree, and Nutsville children spent countless hours admiring the decorated fairy houses. And those same children spent those same countless hours hoping to get a glimpse of one of the magical fairies residing in those tiny houses. Even though no one had ever seen a fairy come out of any tiny tree house, the children remained certain that one day a fairy would be seen. Not everything remained perfect and pleasing about that gigantic sturdy oak tree in the park directly west of City Hall. There was a small number of Nutville residents who were purveyors of superstition and prone to spreading conspiracy theories. And that beautiful oak tree became the focus of a swirling controversy in Nutsville. Those superstitious folks began claiming that the fairies residing in the tree were actually wicked gnomes, intent on harming the children. Most residents initially scoffed at such a preposterous idea, but the superstition continued to spread, and most of the Nutsville residents were too busy to pay it much heed. A small number of parents began accompanying their children to the park, while others would no longer allow their kids to spend time at the park, for fear the unseen gnomes would inflict some untold harm upon them. Then, some parents began attending city council meetings, demanding the mayor and the city council members protect the children by cutting down the evil oak tree. The mayor and city council members thought the whole gnome superstition absolutely crazy. But like so many elected officials in so many places throughout the country, they didn't have a clue how to handle the small but vocal group of Nutsville people who were more and more and louder and louder demanding the city government cut down the oak tree. And like so many elected officials in so many places throughout the country, 
the Nutsville City Council members found it much easier to give in to the vocal minority. And so, on one cold, rainy January Monday morning, with no one around save an elderly man sitting on a park bench, slowly shaking his head, a Nutsville landscape crew methodically cut down that gigantic, centuries-old, dearly beloved oak tree. Now, I'm guessing at this point in the podcast, you're somewhat perplexed as to exactly where I'm headed here. Well, as much as those evil gnomes presented a fictional menace to the people of Nutsville, we have real fictional menaces facing our nation today. Those fictional menaces are being used by certain politicians to scare the hell out of people with something that doesn't exist and to keep their base angry and amped up which those politicians believe will garner them more political support and power. One of those fictional menaces is critical race theory, which over the past two years has become a regrettable part of our national discussion. Critical race theory was developed by law professors several decades ago to describe the systematic racism throughout American history, including in today's American society. These scholars sought to describe how racial inequality is reproduced within our social, economic, political, legal, and educational systems, explaining how this can occur even without individual racist intent. It is a theory that is occasionally covered in master's and doctorate programs in subjects like U.S. history and sociology, but is not part of the general K-12 curriculum in our public school systems. That's why I, a retired English and social science teacher, and probably 99.9% of Americans had never heard of it until fringe elements of the conservative movement, like some radio and TV ranting heads and some elected Republicans, got their hands on it and twisted it into something sinister designed to harm children like those evil gnomes supposedly residing in the Nutsville oak tree. These charlatans claim that critical race theory condemns, vilifies, and victimizes white people. They say it's a woke, liberal attempt to make white students feel guilty for their whiteness and for the past and present sins of racism. Texas Republican Senator Ted Cruz said, Critical race theory says every white person is a racist. Alabama Republican State Legislature Chris Pringle said, It basically teaches that certain children are inherently bad people because of the color of their skin. In June and July of last year, Fox News mentioned the critical race theory boogeyman nearly 2,000 times. The right-wing hysteria over something that does not exist has led to 36 states, almost all controlled by Republican legislatures and governors, to pass laws restricting the teaching of racism and bias. Seven states have outright banned the teaching of critical race theory, while 16 states are in the legislative process of doing so. Newly elected Republican Governor of Virginia, Glenn Youngkin, issued an executive order that ended the use of divisive concepts, including critical race theory, in public education. Not to be outdone, Florida Governor Rick DeSantis recently introduced legislation called the Stop the Wrongs to Our Kids and Employees Act that would give parents private right of action to sue if they think their kids are being taught critical race theory. 
as well as to allow parents to collect attorney's fees if they win the lawsuit. A small but vocal group of anti-critical race theory parents are attending school board meetings demanding that teachers stop exposing their children to such nefarious ideas. Think for a moment the predicament all this nonsense puts our teachers in. U.S. history teachers, for example, are required to cover topics like slavery, Jim Crow repression, lynchings, and educational and housing discrimination all topics which are surely bound to make students feel a little discomfort. That discomfort itself can be used by parents and elected officials to stymie the honest teaching of our nation's history. It is crucial to see the banning of critical race theory for what it is, an attempt by some Republicans to make a race-based appeal to their base. It is a problem that does not exist. It is also crucial for Americans to stop this critical race theory nonsense from continuing. We must speak out against it. We we must let our elected officials, from local school board and city council members, to our state legislators and governors, to our federal representatives and senators, that we will not tolerate this Republican ruse. If we act like the busy residents of Nutsville, who knew those evil gnomes did not exist but were too busy to pay attention and speak out, who knows what scheme conservatives might try next. Heck, they may concoct some outrageous, nutty lie that Trump actually won the 2020 presidential election, but because of massive massive voting fraud, Biden became president. And who knows, maybe because of that outrageous, nutty lie, Republican state legislatures will pass laws making it more difficult for people who support Democratic candidates to vote in the 2022 midterm election. Thanks for listening to this edition of You Gotta Be Schmitten Me.